it's the 5th of September 2022. So at this time now, um, we use this time to practice, to meditate, and cultivating our minds, staying with our kamatana object, it's kamatana being the basis of our work, in order to bring our minds to peace. So when our minds are at peace, then we become samanas. The meaning of this word samana is one who is at peace, one who is at respite. And so this word samana, it's where the word samanera, novice, comes from. And the novices, they have their ten precepts that they keep. So today here at Wat Mapchan, uh, there were two um, men who went forth, took the going forth to become samaneras, both from overseas and to pass over the oceans in order to get here, to come for the purpose of training and practicing. And they've been anagarikas or postulants in white for many months already. So it's very important. Um, this is very significant. This is the arising of the Sasana Pugalas, the members, um, the individuals in the religion. So there's the Sasana Watu, this is the materials of the religion, like the Obosita halls, the Dharma halls, the dwellings, the jetties that we build. <coughs> And these are the external material things that we're building. They are the places for people to be able to come and practice. Places for the monks and novices to stay and practice, and also for the laity as well. If we don't have people who actually come and practice, however, there's still merit and skillfulness that arises. But if people also use these dwellings for practice, then the benefit and the value that arises from that is greater. So having um, the members of the religion is very important. And today we had two members of the religion come and ordain. And it's very difficult to find this, to find people who wish to ordain. And that's because of the development in the world. When I ordained at Watnombapong, Ajahn Chah's monastery, in 1976, and there were about 70 or 80 monks and novices there. About 20 of those were novices, and some of them were very young, from 8 years old, they went up to 19 years old. And so the Novices of eight, nine, ten years old, um, they were very little, uh, but they had great hearts, these real fighters in their hearts. They ate just one time a day. They'd go to the morning meditation and chanting. In the early morning, go to the evening meditation and chanting, go on, on arms round, just like the monks. But these days, Development has spread everywhere, and right into the northeast of Thailand as well. 
They have shopping malls there, they've got various developed things. And it's very different now from what it was 46 years ago. So this development has spread and it's hard to find people to come and ordain. And it's hard everywhere. So having people enter into the religion, this is very important. And have the sincerity in coming and ordaining. So having that intent already, and we put that into practice in our meditation, so that the sasana dhamma uh, arises. The sasana dhamma can arise only from the practice, and just that. And it's not just the monks and novices who can give rise to this, but the laity as well, whether male or female, whether children or adults, it's possible for everyone. If we have that sincerity, if we see the drawbacks, the harms in the cycle of samsara, and we set our hearts on this practice to give rise to inner peace, to have a peaceful mind and an empty mind. And then we come and contemplate this body, how it's full of um, intestines and lung and kidneys and the heart. We see this clearly. And then there's rapture and happiness that come up and fill the heart. And so the mind is both empty and filled as well. And this is samadhi that is displaying itself. So when we see anicca, dukkha, anatta, change and suffering and not-self, then wisdom arises. And here there's a pure emptiness. And even though this insight may be temporary, we understand that this is the way to seeing the Dhamma, to attaining to the Dhamma. And this is the sasana dhamma arising in the heart. This is the arising of supatipanno, ujjupatipanno, nyayapatipanno, samichipatipanno. So those who have practiced well, who have practiced directly, who have practiced insightfully, who have practiced with integrity. This is the arising of noble wealth. So we reflect that all the things that we have in this world, we're able to gain them, we're able to have them, because we still have life, because we still have breath. And it's the same for everyone. So if we just focus on external things, if we seek out outer things too much, um, without stop, and we chose that we're deluded in that. And why is it that we chase after these things so much? It's because of the tanha, the craving there. This craving comes up and it just grows and grows and grows. And um, Lumpucha said that, well, he asked, what is this tanha? Well, tanha, this craving, 
It's a thing that never experiences enough. It never ever feels like it has enough. And even though it may gain things in the world, that's never full. And so they say that there's no river like craving. And the meaning of that is that in the rainy season like it is now, the rain may fall and it may fill up the rivers, but craving, it never feels full. So those who have wisdom you can contemplate this, that we're able to have things in this world due to our breath. But when our breath disappears, then all of the things that we have in everything that we are is no longer. You may have friends and family, but they're no longer with us. That all of the things in this world are temporary, they don't last long. So we contemplate this deeply. Now maybe sickness may arise in someone we know, and the end point of that is breaking apart, is uh, deterioration of the body. Uh, but it's possible that you know, we break apart first, it's not sure. So we should try to use this time and opportunity to develop merit, to bring up merit. And this merit, it's what beings depend upon for this world and for the next. So we try to cultivate this merit, whether it's giving, being generous, making donations, helping out society, um, keeping the precepts. These are all things that we can do. If we can do them, we should do them. And we do them with mindfulness and wisdom as well. Because we know that we don't have long left here. And those that see the drawbacks in having a mind that is chaotic and frantic, and they'll wonder, well, why is my mind like this? Why is it suffering so much? Why won't it stay still? Why isn't it peaceful? But the suffering, it's actually a good thing. Because if people have wisdom, then when they experience that, they'll seek a way out of that. They find out that the suffering is due to having me and mine. And so people come to ordain, because they see the drawbacks in the cycle of samsara. And if we're going to put it in simple terms, or kind of um, put it concisely, that samsara, it's a feeling in the heart. There's the suffering there. And why is there the suffering? And so we try to find a way out of that. And samsara goes on for a very long time, it just goes and goes. And we die, and then the mind comes to another becoming, another birth. When we die, we don't know where we're going to go, and we don't know where we came from either. But we have this life now. This is a good opportunity that we have to practice. The people who have the opportunity to ordain, um, they don't have to 
kind of have so many duties with regards to supporting their lives anymore because they depend upon other people for that. So now need to put an effort into the practice, taking care and looking after the precepts that we gained upon our ordination, really setting our hearts on this. We have free time, then use that to develop mindfulness and samadhi, to be really sincere in that, to meditate and to forbear. And if there's nothing else that we can do, then we just forbear. We endure first. Try to be well restrained. Try to be cautious. To not speak loudly. It's something that novices and monks need to do to be restrained. It's not okay to talk loudly. And really be firm in our training. In the training of our behavior. To have good manners, to have good conduct. And then when our samadhi really gets together, and then we'll wish to spend a lot of time doing that. Doing our bhavana practice. And bhavana means cultivating, developing the heart, making it better. So when we meditate, and then we experience this peace of mind, then we'll see the value of that. We'll see the value of developing samadhi. And we see how this practice, it's the way for us to display and show the gratitude that we have towards the Buddha and towards our parents as well. We have our mothers and fathers and we have gratitude for them. And if we practice and gain a deep understanding and knowledge of the Dhamma, this is the way that we can sincerely um, pay our gratitude. So may all of us be intent on this. And these two novices who ordained, they have faith and conviction in the Buddha Sasana. So you should set your hearts on this training. You've had the intention and the sincerity to ordain already. And that um, does require kind of real sincerity to do that. And so carry on with that firm intention. And for all of the monks as well, to contemplate, to have mindfulness over the body, over the breath, whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, establish your mindfulness well, maintaining control over this mind, and developing this, making samadhi firm, so that wisdom can arise. And then when you practice following this path, then steadily, but surely you'll gain a knowledge and understanding into the Dhamma. So may all of you practice in this way together. <laughs>